Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Delighted that you're joining me. I want to tread into some very dangerous territory in this podcast. I want to talk about the rising appeal of socialism. Now, obviously, the phenomenon of Bernie Sanders in this 2020 election season is stunning almost everyone. We weren't that surprised that he did as well as he did when he ran against Hillary Clinton in 2016. But now in 2020, he is within spitting distance of getting the Democratic nomination for president of the United States. He has one in Iowa. He has one in New Hampshire. He has one in Nevada. He's going to have a more difficult time in the South where he doesn't have that much appeal among uh, more conservative Southerners and certainly among African-Americans. But if he wins Super Tuesday, if he takes additional territory in some of these elections, uh, he will get the nomination, the Democratic nomination for president of the United States and will run against Donald Trump. It is, in my opinion, virtually a suicide move on the part of the Democratic Party to run uh, Bernie Sanders. However, Uh, The more important issue to me is to look at the cultural trends. What's going on? What's happening? Uh, How has this come about? What is the appeal? And I'll tell you that I, I am reminded of the words of Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin once said that when a people, when the people realize that they can vote themselves money, that will be the beginning of the end of the republic. This is a very, very important quote. When the people realize that they can vote themselves money, that will be the beginning of the end of the republic. So obviously, I believe that one of the primary appeals of Bernie Sanders on the American political stage has to do with support from people who want additional benefits. We have to remember in this country that only about half of all Americans pay taxes. Uh, The other half are largely cared for. They uh, either don't earn enough or they have enough deductions. Uh, Only about half of all Americans pay taxes. And that tends to be, I'm not trying to be insulting here, but tends to be the underclass, tends to be uh, people who are lower in the socioeconomic level. They don't pay taxes. They don't pay for the government goods and services that they consume. And by the way, uh, lower socioeconomic folks tend to consume more government goods and services. So they consume more, but pay for less. And this is becoming a major factor in American politics. It just is. And since a lot of those people can vote, Uh, The question is, how would they vote when a socialist stands up and Bernie Sanders is a self-described socialist and he says, you need to have free Medicare, medical care. Uh, You need to have free retirement. You need to have uh, unemployment insurance uh, and perhaps be taken care of for the majority of your life. Uh, Your college needs to be free, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, uh, there are some folks and they tend to be in the more, uh, the upper, more upper levels of socioeconomic spectrum who say, well, how's that going to be paid for? Uh, who's paying for that? Where's that coming from? But folks in the other perspective, folks uh, in, the, in the, I'll call it the lower half, I'm not trying to be insulting, uh, people who don't pay taxes, that half of America who doesn't pay taxes, they say, great, 
I, I want these benefits. I should have these benefits. These should be the benefits that I have as a right of being an American citizen. And so they will vote somebody who makes that kind of appeal. Well, the, the point here is that you do have what econo- economists tend to refer to as an underclass uh, who will always vote themselves greater privileges. Now, before you think that I'm just hammering the poor and hammering those in need, let me say that part of the reason people are voting for Bernie Sanders is they're voting themselves privileges. But there is another factor, and that is that some folks, and these tend to be more college-educated, left-leaning folks, um, they resent the fact that there has been a kind of government welfare for the upper classes, for corporations, for people who have done well largely uh, under the largesse of the American government. Let me give you an example. Uh, Bernie Sanders goes around saying quite accurately that for Donald Trump to rise, for Donald Trump to achieve what he achieved, to own the buildings he, uh, he's owned, to build the company he's built, to gain the reputation that he has gained uh, as a real estate investor, as a businessman, as a deal maker. He received hundreds of millions of dollars in concessions, in grants, in tax uh, suspensions, in various sorts of uh, government benefits to him. Uh, In fact, the number that's usually used, and it is fairly accurate, is about $800 million worth of various forms of government benefits and aid for him to become the wealthy man that he has become. Well, obviously, a young, more left-leaning, college-educated group of people look at that and say, look, if we're going to help the rich, uh, if we're going to help people become billionaires largely through government aid, shouldn't we be helping the poor? Shouldn't we be aiding people to go to college? Shouldn't we be breaking in on the uh, student loan situation that's devastating people? Shouldn't we be providing health care in this wealthiest of all countries? Shouldn't we be providing health care for people in need and not so much uh, going with folks, helping folks like Donald Trump uh, become wealthy in large part to to some degree anyway. I'm not saying the majority of it was a result of this, but to some degree uh, through government aid. And it's a legitimate question. Now, I want to tell you uh, that I think there's time for the great equity to begin to hit our country. I think there's a movement we need to have. I'm a big believer in a flat tax. Do you know that if we taxed everyone, uh, gave no uh, exceptions or exemptions, and taxed everyone, no deductions, gave taxed everyone and only taxed them at a level of 10%. Think about that, just 10%. I don't know about you, but my taxes would go down 20 to 30%. Uh, If you taxed everyone only at a flat tax of 10%, revenues would increase. Um, There would no longer be this tax industry that has arisen because of how complex the IRS is. You would no longer have government using the power of taxation to destroy and to, and to and then, of course, benefit certain favored industries, etc., etc., etc. So you'd have everyone from the kid who makes $50 mowing yards uh, all the way to the billionaire paying just 10%. I think we know that many of the nation's wealthy uh, barely pay taxes because they can have the deductions. They can pay lawyers to sidestep these issues. They, they have strategies to avoid taxes. Whereas the the vaunted middle class, um, people like me, uh, I guess I would just be in the upper middle class, uh, we're paying a huge portion of our income in taxes. A simple 10% 
flat tax across the board would be fair, would be equitable, would produce more revenue, and would remove the kinds of deductions and aid uh, that benefit the wealthy. I mean, the man to listen to on this is Warren Buffett, who has famously said that his secretary pays a larger percentage of tax of her income than he does. And he's a billionaire many, 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 many times over. Now, the system's unfair. The system's not working. And as a result, people look at Bernie Sanders and say, look, I don't really care if the man looks like a fool on 60 Minutes or not, saying that he has no idea what some of these programs are going to cost. If somebody's going to be benefited, if there's going to be a lien by our government, let it be towards the poor and the needy and not towards the rich, which is where it has been to a large extent up till now. So the appeal that socialism has is in part by people who just simply consume government services and benefits without paying for them, that half of America that does not pay taxes. And the other part are intelligent people uh, who are drawn by socialism because they look at the inequities, they look at the benefits going to the rich, they look at the way that the tax system is unfair, etc. And they say, look, if there's going to be an unfairness, let it be towards the poor, let it be towards students, let it be towards immigrants, let it be towards those who are rising and trying to live out the American dream and not so much the fat cats. Now, the problem, of course, with both of these perspectives is that it does not ask big boy questions about how these things are paid. And more importantly, what kind of society will we have if taxes are sky high, if the means of production are largely owned by the state, etc.? We will be moving into the socialist communist realm and those systems always fail. So people who are voting what benefits they can get for themselves, people who are voting as uh, Benjamin Franklin uh, predicted, uh, will vote basically learning that they can vote themselves money. They're not asking what kind of society we're going to have ultimately. They're not asking what we're going to produce. And I would suggest that the college-educated uh, crowd that I've mentioned, uh, they're not asking smart questions either. They're reacting. They're not asking, what will it do? How, who do you tax? Where does the production of a society come from if you are taxing out of existence businesses, which, by the way, is happening in this country right now, and you are trying to benefit a group of people for whom, who do not, in turn, pour back into the system. How long is that going to last? How long can that last before you have a completely unstable economic situation and you have the fall of nations, which has happened? I've just recently been reading a book about England in the 1970s and 1980s, and it's stunning how close England came before Margaret Thatcher's reign to an absolute economic uh, collapse, largely on the basis of the pressures of socialism, the very kind of stuff that Bernie Sanders is recommending today. And yet I can understand the appeal of someone voting uh, money for themselves. I can understand the appeal of someone saying, well, look, if we're going to have someone benefited unfairly, let it be the poor and students, etc. I can understand the appeal of a demagogue like Bernie Sanders promising breads and circuses, promising all kinds of benefits and having, of course, no means, no plan for how those things are going to be paid for other than simply increase taxes on the rich. So there's an appeal of socialism that comes from some misguided but still noble motivations, the college-educated crowd that's leaning left in its politics, 
And then, of course, just I would suggest, for the most part, uh, a rather self-serving crowd, uh, the lower half, the, the, the 50% of America that pays no taxes, which will vote themselves greater benefits every single time. And, of course, electoral history and statistics confirm this. So those of us who are conservatives, those of us who believe in the free market, those of us who are moderates, who certainly believe in the legitimacy of government action, but believe you've got to have a thriving economy, even to keep government afloat and alive, as as it is by the right way right now in the U.S., um, we've got to make a case. We've got to expose the lies of socialism. We've got to uh, show that a person like Bernie Sanders can get up with his, you know, Uh, crazy uncle act and he can make an appeal based on benefits that he has no strategy for paying for and that of course people will rally to it but we've got to expose the fallacy of that kind of thinking we've got to raise the question of what kind of society we will have we've got to show the benefits of a free market and at the same time i would suggest expose the misdeeds of government Expose the way government has benefited the rich in a completely unfair and un-American way in the last century or so. It's time for fairness. It's time for equity. It's time, by the way, for a flat tax. It's time for some of these structures that benefit the rich to be pulled down. We've got to not have a government that is the best government money can buy. We've got to have fairness and parity, and yes, an eye on the common man, while at the same time requiring from the common man that he pay his fair share in the same way the richest 1% do. That's not happening in America, and it's time for a change. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.